Good morning, lovely people, and welcome to the Black Pill Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Tyler, and today we are giving advice to young black girls, young Afro-Latino girls um, who really need guidance, who really don't have that support, or maybe they do have that support, but they're looking for some wisdom, some knowledge to get them to the next level, to have them reach their next goal. I have a panel of moms and wonderful women who are going to be talking to you young ladies and giving you the wisdom, the guidance that you guys need. So I'm going to have you ladies introduce yourselves first, and then we'll get right into it. We'll start with Layla. Hi, young girls. How are you? Um, my name is Layla, as uh, Tyler said. I'm from the Bronx, um, a mom, and I'm also a student at Columbia University. And I started an organization. It's, be, it's called Beyond the Box, and it helps formerly incarcerated people obtain an education. That's basically what um, we're trying to do. Thank you. And next up will be Ashley. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Ashley. I'm a mother of a young black girl and a young black boy. But I'm a mother. I own a business called LADS, which stands for uh, Ladies About Dreams and Success where we simply just encourage women to follow their dreams, empower one another, and make success a priority. I also am a credit repair agent, so I help with finances and getting that credit score um, higher. Um, I'm a Herbalife distributor, so with, you know, with the health field, you know, everyone needs to take care of their health care, so I help with that. And I also mentor the youth, um, mainly fifth graders to eighth grade girls. I'm trying to encourage them and help them develop the right life skills and, you know, to expose who they were, um, learn who they are becoming and decide who they want to become. So that's a little bit about me, and I'm happy to be here today. Thank you, Ashley. And next up, I hope I don't mispronounce your name, Mierta? Marita. Marita. See, I'm going to mess that up. Is that? All right. Yeah. I'm going to write it down in my, my kind of way. All right, Marita. That's okay. So hello, hello, everyone, and good morning. I'm Marita Biety. I am the author of The Girly Girl's Guide to Living a Fabulously Fulfilled Life. I'm also a motivational artist and entrepreneur. Um, I have a camp called Camp Girly Girl. We have an event coming up, Camp Girly Girl Mother and Daughter Day, where I mentor girls um, between the ages of 10 to 15 years old and their moms. So we do a lot of girl and women empowerment through that organization. And I'm also an event planner. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And we have one more caller on the line. I think that's T. Can you introduce yourself? Hi. Happy Sunday, everyone. So I'm Tanisha Ingram. Everyone calls me Coach T. I'm a nonprofit coach based in New York City, and I basically support people with sustaining their nonprofit work. Um, I'm also a mom of an excellent and beautiful 11-year-old girl, and I mentor in the community. So I'm just here to connect with everyone. Sounds wonderful. We're supposed to have one more caller on the line. So if she calls in a little bit later, we'll bring her in and introduce her. Introduce her. But for now, we're just going to get started. So we want to give advice to young black women out there. And I know you guys were once young black women and some of you guys are moms. Um, T, are you a mom as well? Yes, my daughter is 11. All right. Excellent. So everybody on the panel is a mom. So we want to give advice to these young girls, but we also want to talk about some real issues that are going on in the community, that are going on in their family environment, that's going on in their educational environment, that's going on with their bodies. Um, Some of these young ladies are going through, you know, puberty changes, things like that. So we want to cover a lot of different topics. I'm going to start with T first, 
and let's talk about education. So when it comes to education, what advice do you have for our young ladies? Well, one thing I want to start off by saying is I know the word advice is very insightful, but I think what our young women need more are examples. I'm already hearing from some of the ladies on the line the great things that they're doing, and I think it means a lot that young people just see women doing those things. The advice is great to talk to them and give them insight, but really to show them who they can be and being that example is even more powerful. Um, The work that I do with girls in terms of education, I really support them with identifying what education is for them. Yes, career goals are awesome and going to college is awesome and we want that for young people. I just think sometimes we have to give them an opportunity to define what that journey is for them. So in a lot of the work that I do, a lot of those discussions are around just goals and what do you really want to do and how can we support you with getting there opposed to you need to go to college to get there or you need to go to trade school to get there. Um, So that's really how I look at education and the work that I'm doing. Okay, and Layla, you're a student. You're a Columbia student at Columbia University. Um, What advice do you have for our young women when it comes to the educational field? So to me, I I definitely understand and and support where Tia is coming from, but what I've what I believe is that education is definitely the road out of, you know, like it's out of poverty. And it's demonstrated to me that, so a little background on me, I'm also formerly incarcerated. That's why I started the nonprofit organization uh, for, to help increase access to higher education for justice-involved individuals. And that has Education is the thing that reduces it reduces uh, recidivism rates because the higher the education level, the less likely people are to return to prison. So it, it's not just for people who have been justice involved. It's for everyone. Um, education is what's going to help us get out of poverty. So I believe in the power of education. I think it has, it, it's really important and that's what I would suggest that I, I wish. So I'm 43, which was another thing that I didn't mention, and I'm still struggling to um, <laughs> graduate. I graduated in May, God willing. But mm-hmm. I, I wish that someone, I would have had someone tell that to me when I was younger to make sure that I felt that I finished, you know, my bachelor's degree, that I went to school and that I, you know, I don't know. I'm just. I just really wish that. I, I can help other young people understand how important education is. Good advice. I'm going to go to Marita. When it comes to school, whether it be college, whether it be high school, junior high school, elementary school, even if it's advice for the parents that can help the children, um, what words of wisdom can you give? Well, I definitely believe education is important. No matter what it is you want to do, I'm an entrepreneur. But I I didn't go to school, um, to college right away after I graduated high school. I decided I needed a break. I wanted to explore life, et cetera. And I think that's perfectly fine, but I went back to that because I realized even as an entrepreneur and running my own business, I need to have some formal education. So what did I go to school for? I went to school for business management. I was like, this is going to help me manage and run my own business no matter what field it is. So I agree both with T. And Layla, 
whatever your form of education is, you will need to be educated. And my thing is what I would tell girls now, I went to school, I think I was, what, 23 or 24 when I decided I wanted to go back and finish. It was a little bit tougher for me because I had a son at that time to raise, and I was like, I wish I would have went back and just, like, finished it then. Just so I'm not, like, struggling, working a full-time job, trying to raise my son, find child care, all that stuff. I'm like, when I had the opportunity to do it, like, I should have gotten it out of the way. Just so I can have that background and that knowledge and that formal training. But um, everybody takes a different route. But I would say to you young girls, if you have the opportunity and it's in front of your face and you don't have any kids and you don't have any other setbacks or anything holding you, get your education. Like, take advantage of it and, and work it. Get your um, your formal training out of the way regardless of whether you want to be a singer, an entrepreneur, you want to go travel the world. Like, you need that. So do it while you can. So ask- I encourage your daughter feel their dreams, like to follow their goals, follow their dreams, but also let them know that education is Okay, so we're gonna so, we're gonna go to Ashley. So Ashley, what advice would you have for a young black girl when it comes to the field of education? Okay, so from the field of education, like I have a, a well, she's gonna be twelve tomorrow actually, and I'm really hard on her as far as education goes, um, whether it's at school or when she she wants to go to college or just, you know, getting books at home and reading them because, I mean, you have to, I always tell my children, you have to stay, at, you have to keep teaching yourself. If you don't learn, you're losing. So um, she's very, she's, you know, she has a good, um, she likes English and language and history. It's math that gets her. And with math being the hardest, the hardest issue with her, I go hard for her on, on math. Like, I'm like, no, you need to get a, you know, a, the B is okay, but I need you to get an A. Because the only fact of when she gets into, I guess you want to say, the real adult world, it's going to be a situation that's going to be harder. Education is not going to be easy for everyone, and that's a good thing. So I always push her and tell her, you know, you have to get this. You have to, you know, keep educating yourself no matter what it is. If it's too easy, you're not working hard enough. You need to make sure you're learning every, learning new things. And like me, I didn't go to – I went to college right after high school. I didn't finish. Um, I was, You know, I'm a teen mom, and – I still graduated with, with you know, scholar, got a free scholarship. Um, I went to I went to college, I lasted like a couple months, took a break, had to get a job, you know, that that life stuff. And then since then I've been going off and on. Um, so I haven't finished college yet. And she sees that and I explain to her that, you know, you have to first before you decide to, you know, go on that route of having kids and everything, you have to put yourself first. Um, and, you know, really like, like the last woman said, you have to, you know, get your education, get everything out that you want to do. Because as soon as you have kids and family comes, it's kind of like everything slows down. So what you want to do for yourself kind of becomes in the back end when it should be number one from the get-go. So I am going to go back to school, and I'm going for business, for, uh, business management and marketing. Um, so my children will definitely see me succeed on that. Um, but definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to push that up front first. Like, go do all this first. Get yourself right, educated, and finances together first. Then let everything else come through. All right, so guys, I want to ask you a question. I'm coming to tea with this one. So Ava DuVernay, who just directed A Wrinkle in Time, never went to film school. She didn't even pick up a camera until she was in her 30s. Um, so when we talk about education, we're not necessarily talking about going to school per se. There's other ways to be educated through internships, 
Um, you can work in people's businesses, your family's businesses. Um, and we do want to push towards being an entrepreneur. Um, and that's very important. Learning about history that's being told from the winner's side is not necessarily going to help our children. Um, the miseducation that's going on in the school doesn't always help our children. Um, so we as a family, we as a village have to find other ways to push our kids to be educated. And we definitely, I think, we need to lean towards being entrepreneurs. So with that said, and, and thinking about internship in mind, um, what direction or what example would you give to a young lady so she can kind of reach that goal of being an entrepreneur? And that question's for T. Great. I often see myself as a bridge for young people, and I could just tell from the women who are on the call that they see themselves as that as well, to be resourceful for young girls, right? So seeing myself as a bridge is always about connecting them to different opportunities. So whether that is an internship, um, I'm really big on mentoring. I work with a couple of organizations and visionaries who are mentoring. Um, for an example, this um, organization called Dear Black Girl, Cassandra Pryor. She is mentoring these girls, working with them, supporting them with you know completing college applications and scholarships. So mentoring is a great way to expose young people to different opportunities, especially girls, and creating those safe spaces so that they can decide um, on whatever it is that they want to do. I want to go back to Beyond the Box because I think that is a great organization, and I think it also speaks to a certain level of awareness. So as we are mentoring these girls, making them aware of what's available to them. You know, that young lady just said she wished someone told her sooner about this about education and told her how important it was. So I think mentoring is definitely something to connect young people to opportunities, especially if a goal is for them to be entrepreneurs. And then I just think awareness, just knowing what's out there, knowing what's accessible to you. I'm also connected with a great organization called Wonder No More. She's connecting young girls to traveling so that they can get a passport and a plane ticket and travel and see the world. I also think though that contributes to them seeing what they can be and then them taking it on as an entrepreneur and a leader. So those would be the three things that I'd say, you know, mentoring, awareness, and just access the information. All right, Layla, I'm going to bring you into that question as well. We, T mentioned examples, right? And I'm thinking about entrepreneurship. I'm thinking about internship. I'm thinking about working for free instead of paying for college to get an education. Um, how does that work for you? Maybe how does that work for your child? And what advice would you give based on that that we just discussed? Can you elaborate on working for free? Because if, if you mean... Working for free means if you're like 17, 16 years old and... Let's and, and you agree that they should work for free. I totally disagree. Well, let me, let me answer your question. Let me answer your question. So working okay. for free means they're 16, 17 years old, right? And maybe there's a course on photography that costs $5,000 that they can't afford to learn how to be a photographer. But there's a local photography studio or any type of business that you can go in and you don't have to pay to learn, but you can learn while on a job as you help out. That's called working for free. That's working to get an education as opposed to paying to get an education. You get the education for free. So that's what I mean. Oh, okay. I never um, heard of, of that before, but that, that's a great way. But I really have um, an issue with, like, um, internships where they're not paid, especially for people who are low-income 
so that's why I don't agree on on that. I have a real big issue with that. But um, yeah, I agree with everything that she was saying in reference to um, the fact that we need more people to mentor women, uh, young girls, and our young children just in general. But we mentorship is so important. It's important for kids to see um, people who have you know, who have made it out of poverty, who ha- who are lawyers. It's important. It comes to what, to my mind, what comes is, is something that's been in the news recently, the beautiful young child who was looking up to Michelle Obama, at, at, you know, to her a portrait, how, like, inspired she was. Just, it was just beautiful, like, that image of her being so proud to see someone who looked like her in this portrait. That's what we need to to do, right? To to demonstrate to our young children that it's that 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 we can make it, and that we can do better things. That we can become doctors. That we can become entrepreneurs. That we can um, lawyers, and you know, even presidents and first ladies. <clears throat> so it's important for us to give back once we've we've come out. So this this message is not so much for the young girls, but for young moms who are, you know, successful in whatever it is that they're doing to not only inspire their children but to also inspire others to be, to to, to achieve, to show our young children what can be done and how to do it. Got you. So I want to bring another caller, another panelist on. So Chantel, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Chantel Gary, and I am the president of Let's Be Vegan LLC, and I'm the creator of Let'sBeVegan.com. It's my pleasure to be here and speak with you guys today. Thank you. So the first topic we're on, we're talking about education. We're giving advice. We're showing examples or talking about examples. We're talking about motivation for young girls to achieve a proper education so that they can hopefully be entrepreneurs and be self-efficient. Um, what advice would you give? Um, so I think one of the best things, <clears throat> excuse me, that a person can do is surround themselves with people that are movers and people that are mobilized in the entrepreneurial world. Um, I really feel like that is one of the things that has helped me and, just being around that kind of energy will push you and keep you motivated, and it will it will expose you to things that you probably wouldn't get exposed to um, in any other way. And, and even when it comes to school, I feel like entrepreneurship is kind of this monster of its own, and the more you're around it, the more you feed off of that energy. So really just finding people that are doing things in the community or in your area will just kind of keep you motivated. And I think that's one of the things that has helped me a lot as an entrepreneur. And it really, it really is just one of those things that if you don't see it and you don't have those examples, you don't know it exists. And it's just, it's, it's a really empower, empowering thing to do is just kind of be surrounded by people who are doing things. A lot of times, a lot of people talk about things but being around people that are making things happen, it's infectious. So that would be one of my top tips or pieces of advice for anyone that's trying to become an entrepreneur is 
yes, yeah, school is very, very important. Education is very important. It'll help you kind of get from point A to Z a lot quicker, but so will being surrounded by the right people. And excellent advice. I agree with that. I want to move on to the next thing, which is kind of health, but I want to con- combine health with nutrition, beauty, self-esteem, wellness. Um, and I'm going to come to Marita on that one. So when we talk about kind of the family of health, right, the, the things I just combined, mm-hmm. um, and I know you work in that field, um, black girls struggle with, some black girls struggle with image. Um, and how can you speak to that for them? We had a whole discussion on this yesterday. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that. So I spoke at a women's empowerment conference yesterday uh, with Juju from Love and Hip Hop, and a whole topic arose about image and changing who you are and trying to fit in. We see, especially as young black girls, see so many different images that are out there on TV. We want to look like these celebrities or these supermodels and you know, we're trying to get plastic surgery and all this stuff, right? So my thing is, listen, one, you've got to be comfortable with who you are regardless. I always tell people, you have to know that you are beautiful. You have to know that the way God created you is completely okay and not look to these celebrities just because you might see their bodies a certain way that, you know, you can't think they have this happy, perfect life. So we've got to really train our girls to be confident in who they are. And then as far as like health, like I think the overall health contributes to your wealth. So if you're feeding your body the proper things, if you're eating the right things, all of this helps your overall life spiritually, mentally, and business-wise. You've got to be in your best shape. You've got to be feeding your body the best things to produce the best fruits and have the perfect outcome in every aspect of your life. I end up going pescatarian for a year. Um, after one year, I slipped up. <laughs> so I'm going to start back um, again. But during that year, I felt like I was I had so much more energy. Um, I could get up and go running in the morning. Like my overall appearance changed. So I tell people, instead of trying to change who you are physically with like altering your body, getting these plastic surgeries and things like that, try to watch what you intake into your life, into your body. Health and eating right is the number one thing that will help you overall. So, um yeah, that's all I got to say on that. And can you explain to our young girls what that means? Because they might not understand when you say uh, pescetarian. Oh, so I stopped eating um, meat. The only thing I could eat was seafood. So pescetarianism, you eat fish, fruits, vegetables, but you stay away from pork, chicken, beef, everything else. And when I tell you I saw a complete transformation all the time when I was saying I wanted to lose weight and I was trying to diet and things like that you immediately lose all the excess fat per se when you switch your diet and actually make it a lifestyle. So a lot of times we fluctuate with our bodies um, as women. And I noticed that when I took on the pescatarian lifestyle, that's when everything started to change for me. I was consistently one weight. I again had a lot more energy, especially taking in the more fruits, vegetables, all the greens really helped me. And when you let go of certain foods, like the the pork, the beef, like all that toxic, the toxins that are in those things, 
that are not healthy for you, you start to feel like you let go of like all this excess baggage. That's how I felt. So once you eat better, then I feel like you can do better. You can think clearer. And that helped me in my overall life, especially when it came to business. I had like this new profound vision of like, wait a minute, I can do this. I have this energy. Um, I was, my son even started to pick up these habits that I was eating healthy. So it, it trickles down to your kids. And once he saw that I was doing that, it definitely impacted him as well. And he's 12 years old. So he was like, okay, well, I can, you know, start eating healthier and better too. And I think like one of the women said, I think it was key. She said, we have to be an example so we can give the advice. But the girls need to see that we are doing these things and how it's working for us. And we're a model for them. So that's very, very important. We don't want to just tell you and talk to you and say, this is what you should do. But if we are doing it and being that example, that's important. And they feel like, okay, I can do this too. Right. Excellent advice. And Ashley, I'm going to bring you in on this. So when we talk about health, beauty, wellness, nutrition, mental health, um, how do you, how could you add on to what Marita, Marita just said um, as well? What I know you're in the herbal life. Um, and I know that's a, a big thing that you just started doing. So you could speak on that a little bit. Also speak on the wellness of young girls when it relates to that. Okay. So um, I was a young, you know, a young girl who was insecure all the time and stuff. And as I became a mom, um, it didn't just happen where I'm just like, oh, I'm confident now. But um, learning as a mom and growing with the young black daughter, um, I wanted to her, I wanted her to be, you know, secure. Um, and confident and she's at that age and that grade where you know self-esteem is very very important Um, so I started just showing her like as I said lead lead by example so you know I have cut my hair before now I'm growing uh, you know dreads so just to show her like you can be who you are you can be confident you know I started losing weight I started doing Herbalife and um, I lost 30 pounds so far you know, I started just buying more fruits and vegetables when I grocery shop. And before, I'm not going to lie, we would go to, you know, McDonald's and I would just buy a bunch of junk on the grocery list, you know. But I started buying fruits and vegetables to show them we have to start putting the right energy in our body so that we can actually, you know, connect with the right people and have the right, you know, and exercise and live longer and kind of avoid these other health problems um, mentally and physically. So my daughter herself, you know, she's she is more so wanting to eat more vegetables and less meat. That's her own decision. You know, I only buy chicken and we eat salmon, fish, but um, another fish. But um, she's starting to, you know, I can see turn around from when she was in second grade to now she's in sixth grade, and she's more confident in who she is. Um, her hair is, you know, all natural. She doesn't want any type of, you know. Uh, relaxes in it or nothing like that she knows who she is she knows what she wants to do you know she used to be she used to be afraid of not having any friends and now she only has like two friends and she's okay with the fact that if you don't accept me then you don't need to be who be around me so um i think we just need as a, as mothers and as uh, aunts or sisters or cousins anyone that you can be an example to with a young black girl we just need to show you know show them that you're living the actual life that you're actually trying to give them advice on um, and let them know that their tongue is very powerful. I always tell my children, you have to ask the universe to give you what exactly you want. And going back for mental, I think education, not just school schooling, but reading things and learning things and being curious is not a problem. So if you're curious on something, go research it. And, you know, your body is 
definitely your temple. You create your own world. That's just what I give to my daughter and a few of the girls that I mentor as well. Um, because if I had this knowledge as a young black girl, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be a teen mom, but it could definitely have saved me, I feel like, if I had a better example of what self-confidence and self-love and health and beauty was at the time. So when you speak of knowledge, that education that we need ties into our health. So I want to bring it to Chantel. Um, how do you add to this conversation when it comes to health, beauty, wellness, mental health, self-esteem? Well, um, as you know, this is what I do for a living. And one thing that I've learned is that everything needs to be in alignment for you to be successful. And that's, that can be something different for for a lot of different people, like for the other panelists who said being pescatarian. Um, for me, it is eating a plant-based diet and being very mindful about everything that I put into my body. And that includes how I think, um, as well as the foods that I eat. It's really, really important, I think, especially when you're talking about becoming successful, that you are critical about the things that you invite into your body spirit and into your mind all of those things play a huge important role into your health and I know for a lot of people they don't know what that means and where to start and I think one of the easiest things that people can do is start with what they eat and it doesn't always have to mean taking that huge plunge and just saying okay I'm going to go completely plant-based or being vegan but just you know making small changes over a period of time lead to really big changes and really big um impactful results that you can have. So that could mean, you know, I have an herbal regimen. You know how important herbs are to me, you know. So I have regimen where I make different herbal infusions, and the women that are around me now do the same thing. So when people see you doing things and living your life a certain way and they see these results, they see your hair grow, they see you happier, they see things happening in your life and becoming more aligned, it becomes um, infectious to the people around you and people want to kind of mimic what you're doing. So it kind of gives you this opportunity to be an example to those people around you in a different way and without even really trying. And I think that that's something that's really, really powerful. So I always recommend people start by making small changes, you know, cut one thing out of your diet, cut the processed foods out of your diet. Every time you cut something that's bad for you out of your life, you it uplifts you and it empowers you another level so it kind of encourages encourages you to just kind of keep going and keep finding ways to fine tune your diet and fine tune how you treat yourself and what happens is you become more radiant from the inside out and that's where real beauty comes from it comes from the inside out um so everything from what you eat to how you think uh, the you know the people that you have around you all those things play an important part in your overall health and how you look and how you feel and the energy that you put out to those that are around you excellent advice and our show is titled advice for a young black girl but this advice also goes to the family to the guardians to the community um, in terms of how we can cultivate the mind through food through nutri- nutrition through self-belief of beauty and self-esteem and how that could lead to a better education in terms of clarity, um, being aware, being awake, having more energy. Um, So that segues into family. So I want to talk about family and community. Um, Some of our black girls are going through a lot of trauma in their households, 
um, cyberbullying, bullying in the school system. Um, we have a lot of issues with the justice system, which messes with their self-esteem, their self-worth, and their image, right? So let's deal with that. And it's a broad question, but I'm going to bring it to T. Um, what example and or advice do you have for young black girls who are dealing with so much in their household and community? Absolutely. So I've been actually working with nonprofits since I was 15 years old, since I was a young person. So I've, I feel like community and nonprofits have contributed greatly to just who I am professionally and personally. But what I would say to that, and this is something I was saying to a visionary the other day, no secrets. There should be no secrets. We should not be keeping resources, great resources and opportunities, a secret. Some of you ladies on the panel are doing great work. So making sure that everyone knows what we're up to and what we're doing. Gossip is not kept a secret. Rumors are not kept a secret. Let's shout from the rooftop the resources that we are offering for our girls. And I think for families, know that we're here. Know that there are nonprofits and other agencies and individuals, right, and entrepreneurs that exist to support your, your young girl with advancing themselves. I think that families often feel judged and looked upon like they're not doing something. But I think that for what I would say to providers and entrepreneurs who hope to work with or who are working with um, black and brown girls, I would say that we have to suspend our first judgment and so and solely look at the whole child and not get into trying to judge their families or judge the communities that they come from or judge their situations. But just know that when you create a safe space for young people, they will show up. So that is really, really what I would say. Okay, and I want to bring that question also to Marita. Okay, so um, I really agree that we definitely can't keep this a secret because all of the negative energy, the bad news, definitely gets out there. So we should be promoting, sharing um, all of the resources and not keeping them um, to ourselves because it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to uplift our girls and our teens. And I feel like as entrepreneurs, we should be able to make ourselves available and connect with other business owners, especially women entrepreneurs that are in our communities. And we should come together more often as a community to put on events, to be able to have empowerment circles, conferences, um, chats with our young girls. So making those resources 100% available and really promoting that and showing um, one that there is a community of almost like mothers, big sisters kind of thing. That's what I like to do here. I'm in New Haven, Connecticut. So with the event that we were at yesterday, you know, we made a vow to like all stick together. Like there was so many women entrepreneurs in one room and a lot of them, a lot of the young girls in there didn't know that half of us existed. And I'm like, we are all in the same state. We're all in the same town. We should all know about one another. So pushing that is extremely important to say, we are here. You have a sister. You have a second mom to lean on. And I feel like once the people, young girls in the community know that there are powerful, strong black mm-hmm. women or women of color, minorities, and examples to look up to, I think that would change their entire mindset, regardless of what's going on in their home. They feel like they do have another outlet and another safe space to go to, we just have to put ourselves out there to make it known that we are available for sure. 
Good advice. So, Layla, I want to bring you in on that question as well. When we talk about the family, the community, the village coming together to raise our children, um, but we know the children are going through a lot. There's a lot of racism out there. When we talk about racism, we're talking about systems that oppress, right? And our children are involved in a lot of these different systems. So I know you're familiar with some of that. So why don't you relate your experience to how we can help a young black child deal with what they'll be going through when they get older? I definitely agree with what was um, previously said in reference to the village. I'm big on village because if it wouldn't be for my village, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? So, um, again, my message is not so much for the young girls, but for, you know, the moms out there listening. Like, we need to be a village. We need to support and help our young kids to come out of whatever situation they're in because, like Tyler said, the trauma that is in our communities is really, really deep. Our communities need a lot of healing, and we can't do that on our own. We need uh, we need the community. We need each other to to come out of the, where we, we are. We need mentors. We need people that will open doors for us, right? Like, if we don't have that, like we, we all need support from others to come out of whatever situation we are in, right? Like, with, for example, for me, my village was, oh, my God, my village is so big, but I'm trying to point to exactly where. But when I was trying to go back to school a few years ago, many of my doors were closed. I, I, I had student loans that were in default. I had blocks on my record, and I couldn't, I just, I just couldn't go back to school, right? Everything was, it was impossible for me. I, I felt like I was never going to get back to school because everything was ma- being made very difficult. But I started writing letters to deans and um, elected officials and everyone, and one of the deans in the school took me under her wing. She didn't even know me. She just said, um, contact this person from this organization, which is Welfare Rights Initiative at um, Hunter. I was a student at Hunter at the time. And the people from Welfare Rights Initiative just, like, helped me get back into school. And here I am now, a student at Columbia about to graduate, um, and this entrepreneur that I had no idea that I, I could be just because of different people who have been in my life and, and shown me uh, the right way or um, I don't know <laughs> it's just we really need to be more present for our young children so let's bring back this village that we 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 were, we used to have so much of in before and it's not so present now and we need to bring that back excellent so I'm going to move on to Ashley Ashley I know you're raising a young daughter, but also I want to know, how are you giving back to the village when we talk about the community coming together to work with our youth? Okay, so me and um, another woman um, that helps out in the community, um, we started a group called um, Different Shades of Pretty, um, and that was mainly for fifth through eighth grade girls. So in, in this mentoring group, it was after school program every week, um, we basically just did certain projects to encourage them, but basically help them, you know, develop life skills, whether it was learning about their health or how to communicate with people or um, just learning about life 
in general and how to have self-esteem. Um, and mainly a lot of the girls, no, they don't really know who they are. I mean, they're fifth, they're in fifth grade. You know what I mean? They don't really know who they are. They don't really know what exactly they want to become. Um, everybody has dreams, obviously, but we would do certain things like um, like a mirror project where we would have them say different things about themselves that they loved and that they liked and ask them, you know, tell them how to actually communicate with the other girls and how to respect each other and having listening skills and stuff like that um, just to help them expose who they, who they were, um, not in a bad way, but actually show who you are and then, you know, give them certain ideas of how to become who they really want to be um, by example of who we are, you know, um, I think that is very important only because in this time of day, for some reason, when you say it's only about black girls or if you only say, you you know, it's only for black, you know, young black girls or brown girls, people get offended in a way of like, what about the other races? But I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's very important to make, make other, other girls or black girls understand, even, even the community understand how important it is to, it's okay for us to have only a group for us because our black girls need that the most. You know, they, they need us to be able to um, let them understand that it's okay to be, you know, to take care of yourself. It's okay to do anything, you know, with just your black sisters because they're going to relate to you the most. Um, so I think in my city, I live in Evansville, Indiana. We don't have a lot of that. Um, we do have a lot of different programs for young black girls, but we don't see you don't see as much of it. So with me and the other woman in the community who started this program, it was very important, and uh, and the girls did enjoy it a lot. Um, we basically just started uh, last year, and basically until like the Christmas, um, like usually like a holiday break, and then we uh, plan to start doing it this year as well. Um, but that that's that's to me is very important because I didn't I mean I didn't necessarily have that as a child. I know there was programs like that. I just didn't me myself personally was not signed up for them. So I um, definitely glad that I started that with another woman with for my daughter and her daughter and the other young girls in the city. Great advice. I'm glad I'm glad that you're doing something for our people. And that's a blessing. And if anyone ever says, what about the other races? Just say systems of oppression and born into privilege. And that would pretty much shut that conversation down. So now we want to move into into our last thing, which is tech and finance. <clears throat> I'm going to come to T first, and I'm going to go to Chantel. So I'm going to combine tech and finance, and it's very important because that's the future, right? These days, if you don't have ownership, if you don't have savings, if, if you don't have a stream of income that's steady that you can rely on, you could eventually be gentrified out of the system. Right. So that that's one aspect of it. And then obviously tech is where we're going in our future. So I'm going to combine these two things. And T, I want you to speak on that. Be an example. Give some advice to our young ladies about the future when it comes to tech and finance. Examples and mentoring. Right. And if we get that young people do what we do and not what we say do. Young people do what we do, not what we say do. We will put more clear examples in front of them. So for an example, I work with, um, I'm supporting an organization right now called Wonder No More. They are supporting girls with traveling, right? A part of her curriculum is about budgeting and financing and planning. So just putting those, not assuming, right, that they have, they know what those concepts are, but some of our young people do, right? Because for an example, if they want to buy a new pair of sneakers, they know how much they need for that. Um, if they can't get it from one person, they're going to 
divvy up how many people they need to act so that they can meet the sum and get what they want. So I think it's also about meeting young people where they are in terms of those two fields um, and then figuring out how to support them with being where they need to be. Because anyone on this panel, we cannot support it. We need, you know, we need technology that is the way of the world today, but as well as we need finances to, to access and have the things that we want in our lives. And we've been talking a lot this morning about poverty and, and how do we get out of poverty and saving and having money and be, being able to provide for yourself. Those are ways out of poverty. So if we can show young people the example, show them other women who are in tech, connect them to a financial mentor, or if you're running a group with girls, I love the different shades of pretty group that was mentioned. Shout out to them. If a financial counselor can come and talk with them at some point or do some type of activity with them at some point. That's what I mean, direct examples in front of them, direct connections, being the bridge for the girls, showing them they, they will do as we do and not as we say do. Excellent. Chantel, I want to bring that question to you. Not sure if she's still on the call. Chantel, can you hear us? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, good. Good. Um, So I was saying that one of the things that has been a great success for me is the digital world. Um, Things like my website and my online store. And one thing that I've learned kind of, it kind of pedals back to what I said at first is being surrounded by people who are kind of doing things. It's having mentors who really understand the tech world and how powerful it is and how it really is the next thing that we all kind of need to be focused on in the business world is the digital and the tech world. That is really where the money is and our community really has to start aligning itself with people who understand that and who can push us in that direction because, like you said, if we don't take those steps forward to really understand that environment and what that means, we're going to be left behind. It's going to be gentrified and we're going to lose out on our businesses and our opportunities to make money and create wealth. Um, so for me personally, um, I have a mentor and have mentors, I'll say, in different areas that understand different things about business. And I think that that is something that is really, really important in our community is that we we speak out partnerships and mentors in areas that we are weak in. So if it's something that you don't quite understand, you need to find a mentor that does understand it, that can teach you, and that can show you how to kind of weave your business or your ideas into that area so that we can create that wealth for our, our families and our in our communities. It's something that I think I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's so important. Um, and the digital world really enables you to make money off of one thing. And for me what that means is I do a lot of cookbooks, and a lot of my cookbooks are digital. And I think that that is something that people can do in different areas. It doesn't have to be a cookbook, but it could be anything that that you are creating. And you do that work one time, and each download is your work one time, and you can create a stream of revenue that just is continuous off of one thing. And I think that that is so powerful, and I think that people, you know, I think that everyone should have e-books. I don't care what your business is. You should have e-books. And, you know, think about it. If you're charging $5 an e-book and you sell 1,000 e-books, 
that's, you know, that's all digital. We did the work one time, and that creates a stream of income. So I think that it's really important that we begin to understand all the different ways that that can empower us when we, when we explore what the tech community can do for us. Great advice. And I like the ebook advice because I know Marita is an author. So, Marita, I'm going to segue to you when we talk about tech and finance. Yes. So, definitely, I want to say that technology takes you from local to global. Because instead of me just selling my books to people in my local community, I can now sell them all over the world. One, because, like she said, ebooks. Um, one, I can put in orders, they see it from my website. I don't care if they're in China, Indonesia, if they're in Texas wherever they found me online. So now I'm shipping worldwide, globally. It doesn't keep me here. And then also, as far as like, I definitely want to talk about this, the finances. Not only do you need finances, but also you need to have your credit right. I know one of the ladies here talks about credit. So definitely keep pushing that because I didn't learn about credit until I was 25 years old, trying to get a loan from the bank to open up my first store and they were like, man, you do not have any credit. You don't have any credit history. Thank God it wasn't where I screwed up my credit at the time. I just didn't have credit. And I, my parents didn't push a credit card on me. I didn't go that route of accepting all the credit cards that came in the mail right after I graduated high school. So it was a thing of, oh, my gosh, I should have been building my credit this whole time. Because when you have credit, it shows to the lenders that you are trustworthy and, you know, you have some type of history of paying your bills on time. You, you're you able to be trusted with this money that they're going to lend you, and you're going to be able to pay it back. But I did not understand that at all. And so then what I had to do was at some point get my secured credit card to start my credit that way. Spent a little, paid some, paid um, paid the money back slowly, monthly, was paying my bills on time. Then they ended up increasing it. And so from that point on, like, my score was going up. I was actually, you know, in this credit world that I had no clue about before, again, 25 years old. And you forget 25, like, I should have been taught this. I should have known this. But I didn't. And now I talk about this um, with my group, Camp Girly Girl, the moms and daughters. Like, teach your kids about finances and actually building your credit at a young age. Because once you have A1 credit, you can – have access to everything. You can buy a house, you can get a car, you can, you know, lower interest rates, everything. So especially if you want to have your own business, like credit is crucial, as well as the finances and saving. I don't care if it's $10 a week, put something aside, have emergency fund money. As an entrepreneur, as a mother, anything can happen and go wrong. Where are you going to get this money from when you really need it at the last minute? You're going to be scoundering around trying to figure out who you can borrow from who you can um, loan from, right? But again, people are like, wait a minute, your credit is shot. Like, I don't trust you. I don't want to give you money for that. And you're like, it's an emergency. I need it. But again, if you had good credit and if also you were saving along the way, you could have had a little stash. So I tell people, like, having your credit right is definitely important. And the technology piece, of course, like, that takes you again from local to global reaching people. I've made so many connections with women because of my book. I've had speaking engagements because people found me online through Facebook, Instagram, through my website, um, looking up certain keywords 
with a search engine optimization technology, you need it no matter how much you think you don't. So definitely top things. Great advice. And I like the fact that you were honest enough to tell us that you didn't understand credit. You know, you're early 20s and you're just learning about credit. Part of that issue is the education component of it. The kids aren't learning how to bank, how to finance, how to understand money, how to understand credit. We're not really teaching that in the schools unless the kids are going to like a specific school that deals with finance. Um, They're not really learning that in the schools. So we need to bring that back to the schools. But at the same time, when we talk about community and family, we need those examples that T mentions. Right. How was your father running his business? How was your mom running her business? How was your aunt running her business and getting in there and volunteering and working and learning the part, learning the business and learning how to do the books and learning how to bank and taking kids to the banks and teaching kids how to write checks and teaching kids all about money and finance um, is really important. So to the young moms, to the moms out there, to the guardians out there, that's something you need to be doing with your children. You need to be showing them these different things so that they understand. You know, recently I was working with some youth and we had a bake sale and the youth were coming to me asking me for a dollar because they didn't have any money. But I'm looking at their feet and everybody has on a pair of Air Jordans. So we got to talk about our priorities and where we're putting our money. You know, instead of spending $200 for sneakers, you could have spent $80 for a pair of sneakers, had a buck 20 left in your pocket, and maybe you could have got one of those vegan cupcakes. <laughs> so, you know, it's all relative. It all comes back from education to health, to finance, to community, to knowledge. So I want to bring this next question to Ashley. Um, you're running a business and you have a young girl. What examples are you showing your daughter specifically about how to start and run a business? Okay, so um, outside of entrepreneurial world, I'm actually a branch manager or assistant branch manager for Wood Forest National Bank. I'm not sure if you guys, cities or states have that yet. But um, my children, I have a little boy too, he's six. My children are not able, they're not they're not going to have, they're not going to work for anybody else. So when they say, I want to work here when I get older, I, I shut that down automatically. We're not speaking that into existence. Mm-hmm. So with all this YouTube watching and this technology going bigger than what it is nowadays, I make sure my children understand, especially my daughter specifically, make a business plan. I show her how to do that because she's the one who wants all this, you know, the, all the nicest shoes and all this new iPhones and stuff like that. Well, besides just doing chores, I need you to show me if you can actually make some money. Let's make a plan together. Let's, you know, I try to tell her that once you get out of school, I don't want you to work for nobody else. And with my credit going up, I plan to, you know, put them on my credit so that when they get older, 18, they're not going to, they're not going anywhere, you know, where they say that you don't have any credit, ma'am, or you don't have any credit, sir. They're going to have credit based off my credit. So that's why I'm going so hard for my own credit so that they, you know, they have a chance. It's like a family, you know, my mom wasn't big on her credit. My dad wasn't mm-hmm. big on his credit. They worked for other people their whole life. And now in this generation, it's more entrepreneurship, you know, so I want her to understand that. And my son as well, they're not working for no one. They're going to work for themselves. So I really, I'm really strict on that because that's basically, I just don't feel like they should be working for anyone else. If I teach my children the right way to go, they're going to become adults with the right mindset and probably a successful business of their own. Exactly. You can inherit, (laughs) you can inherit wealth. You can inherit a business. You can inherit a job. So we have to teach our children that mindset. Um, I want to end with Layla, and I want you to take two minutes, and I know it's 
You need way more than that. But I want you to take two minutes to explain to us what Beyond the Box is. Well, Beyond the Box is an organization at the moment that, at the moment, we're working on increasing access to higher education for justice-involved individuals. So what I'm doing right now is I'm working with local, state, and federal legislators to remove the box from student applications. The box is the question that um, asks students if they, um, prospective students, if they have ever been convicted of a crime. So we are working right now with Senator Montgomery and um, some uh, assemblymen, Assemblyman Blake and People Stokes to remove, to introduce legislation to remove the box. I'm also working at a federal level with uh, Senator Booker to remove it at a federal level, and I'm trying to um, remove it from Columbia's uh, application as well. I've been able to, um, I'm also part of a coalition of people who are trying to do it around the state, and with my help and the help of others, it's been removed um, from just this week from Washington State. They removed it at a state level. Uh, Last month, it was removed from Maryland, and last year was removed from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. So we're pretty excited about that work that's being done. Unfortunately, we started it in New York, and we still haven't (laughs) had any success here, but hopefully we will this year. And um, because, like I said before, right, education is the key, and it's been the only thing that's proven to remove, to um, reduce recidivism rates, which is the rates that people go back to prison. The higher the education level, the less likely people are to return to prison. So why would we do anything to prohibit or limit the opportunities of people returning to school? So I'm very, very, very passionate about that. And in reference to um, the coder, the coding and technical stuff, I'm also working on, Beyond the Box is also working on with another organization trying to create a CODA summit as a way to introduce formerly incarcerated people to technical training and other tech-related careers. Um, so that's something that we're trying to work on at the moment. We're trying to obtain funding for for that. So I'm going to connect. Excellent, excellent. I love what you're doing. I'm going to connect you to T. You guys definitely need to hook up. Tomorrow, I'll have all your contact information on our resource page on blackpillradio.com. 90 seconds. So if anybody wants to contact anyone who is on this panel for anything that you guys want to be involved with or networking in the future, you can just go to our resource page, and the information for all our panelists from today will be on that page. That will be on that page tomorrow. Also, be on the lookout for our video lessons. Um, We released our first one last week which was Marilyn Moore talking about orgasmic births and how childbirth does not have to be painful. It can actually be pleasurable. 60 seconds. So I want you guys to go on to our blackpillradio.com website and check out that video. And next week we'll be releasing a new video. We're releasing videos every second, fourth. And if there's a fifth Sunday of the month, that's when we'll release the videos. And as you know, our radio talk show is on from... 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. every first and third Sunday of each month. I want to thank you guys for supporting Black Pill Radio. I want to thank my panelists for coming out and providing some great information. I look forward to working with you guys again. 
as always, take care of yourselves, be successful, give back to the community, and support one another. I will talk to you guys soon, and thank you for coming on to the panel.